welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I want to greatly appreciate you for listening in to another episode. Uh, we have a good guest, uh, Mike from uh, Just Fuse. God, I fucking had a brain fart right there. But uh, good guest, uh, Mike is a good guy. He possibly may be a permanent addition to the show. He might be a permanent co-host to the 2A Lifestyle, so uh, let me know how you feel about it, and uh, you know, like I said, maybe we'll have, I actually was telling Mike this, this was actually my intention of the show, I was going to have a couple of buddies of mine, uh, we were going to do the show all the time, uh, and then they bitched out to me last minute, and I was like, fuck that, you know what, I'm still going to do the show, uh, and you know, been doing this now for over a year, coming up on two years. So, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. We've got some guests coming up that I'm pretty stoked, and I hope you guys are stoked as well. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and get this house rules out of the order. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, so that way you can keep up with new podcast episodes as soon as they publish. Sorry I'm a couple days late on this one, but fucking life was busy as shit this weekend. Didn't record it till yesterday. Wasn't done until midnight, and I was just fucking exhausted. So, I'm I actually just went ahead and, and fucking finished it today. Uh, all the editing, outro, intro, all that kind of shit, buffer mu- music. So, sorry it's a couple days late, but like I said, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. That way you can keep up with any new episodes that are coming out. Also, go ahead and leave us a review if you can. It's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platform. Also, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, MeWe, uh, fucking everything, uh, everything under the sun, Parlor. if it's back up for you. Uh, we're all under 2A Lifestyle, so go ahead and check that out. Follow us there so that way you can find out what we're doing in between podcast episodes. Also, check out our website. We are under 2A Lifestyle, and because, uh, Mike, we're going to talk about it on the podcast, we are on JustPews.com. So uh, check us out, Just Pews. Just wrote an article for them, and it should be published, so check it out. Uh, Also, if you can, check out our Patreon. It is the best way for you guys to support the podcast. Uh, Everything that we do goes straight into this podcast. Uh, It goes to do this new computer setup that we got. Uh, It's going to be be making some more content so that way you guys can enjoy it in between podcast episodes as well. Uh, Some things for YouTube, things like that. Things maybe going on with Mike later on down the road. So very excited about that. A lot of big things going on for the podcast. But with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. One other thing that I wanted to mention while I'm thinking about it. uh, There is some clipping in the podcast. I hope you guys uh, are okay with it. But uh, I did not realize, you know, one thing when I moved this uh, podcast set up to another uh, area, to another studio, uh, you know, it's kind of more out in the open people in my household are you know have access to it and of course you know i got some more people in my household now uh the power button was turned up a little bit and i did not notice it until i was editing it and i tried to edit out as much as i could after listening to some there was still some in there uh but i tried my damnedest to get it out so i'll be a little bit more conscientious in the future in regards to where i'm going to be setting that up so just bear with it on this episode we got good content coming in there and and I promise I will do mo better in the future. I know you, I know you, I know you wanna fall. But before you ever get to the top, you gotta fall. And I get money coming in and throw it in the sky. If you get money, put your hands in the air and 
Let's turn it up a notch. Y'all really know what's going on. Tequila on the rocks. Main segment here. And with me today, I have my good buddy Mike from Tack Cat and Just Pews, uh, the man of many hats. Mike, if you haven't already, uh, for the people that have not know, they don't know you, introduce yourself to them in case they haven't heard previous episodes that you've been on. All right, well, my name is Mike, as you already said. I used to have a website called TackCat.Ninja. It's still live, but it's not active. And I recently went over to the new website called JustPews.com. Um, kind of trying to start that up with 2A Lifestyle here. Nick's been great with trying to help me out. And we're going to be setting it up to help new gun owners and helping them find the information that they need to have before they even buy a gun or immediately after they buy a gun. You can find me on social media at JustPews for Instagram, on Facebook, JustPews. And yeah, there you go. That's me. Hi. I share some things on social media from Just Pews as well. Uh, and actually, you you know, it's kind of nice having 2A Lifestyle as my social media uh, name because anytime, like, people tag, like, 2A or sometimes they'll, like, hashtag 2A or hashtag 2A Lifestyle not thinking about it and they tag me into it. So, like, I get shit from you and, like, some other pages all the time yep. saying that I've been tagged in a post, which is, you know, doesn't no skin off my ass. I don't give a shit. Yeah, um, it's free publicity. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and then, actually, like you said, uh, I am w- with you on Just Pews, and that's something that we're trying to do collaboratively. Uh, and just so you guys know, uh, Mike probably might become a permanent fixture here on the podcast. Uh, we got a lot of we do a lot of shit together collaboratively, uh, and we're just trying to kind of mesh things a little bit better together so that way uh, it's kind of a little bit more free flow in between uh, just Pew's followers and 2A Lifestyle followers because me and Mike have the same kind of uh, goals in mind in regards to what we want to bring to the gun community. So uh, that is a possibility. Let us know what you think. If you like me being solo, uh, I got no problem shoving the size 15 foot of Mike's ass and telling him <laughs> just be a regular guest. Uh, or you can be a permanent fixture. So uh, just reach out and let us know what you think on uh, social media. You can slide into my DMs with that, or you can shoot me at uh, 2alifestyle at gmail.com or uh, I have a just pews, uh, and I'm not, I don't remember it quite yet, but what is it, Mike? It's 2A Lifestyle at justpews.com. Yes, sir. That is there correct. There you go. The number 2A Lifestyle. And um, if you want to tell me to fuck off, you can just email me at tatcat at justpews.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, Mike has done some great shit. Uh, he uh, did a great, very thorough, in-depth review of Walther's uh, PPQ, uh, and it was really great. You know, and a lot, a whole lot of people don't, you know, you see fucking reviews all goddamn time for, like, yep. uh, Glocks. You see them all the time for SIGs. Uh, you don't really see them for Walther. So, Mike, uh, that's kind of what really... One of the things that kind of made you stand out, uh, I think Walther actually either tagged you or, uh, you know, commented on some of your views on their guns. Uh, it was pretty, pretty cool shit. Uh, so that's one thing, kind of one claim to fame for Mike. So if you're interested in a Walther PPQ, please go check out Tack Cat. Uh, and I believe it's still under Tack Cat, or did you move that over to Just Pews as well? 
I actually just did the review on just pews. I took down the old one because it was kind of uh, shitty from my beginning days. And I decided to go ahead and revamp it and do it properly and give it a proper review. So there's a new one up on justpews.com along with the PPS review. And if you're looking for brutal honesty on those guns, not one that's been bought for by Walther, definitely check those out. That's one thing that you've done is that like all the stuff that you do, you purchase with your own money. uh, You're open up front about it. Uh, Just like I try and do, like I've gotten some stuff for free. We were just talking about how I got some stuff for free, like from Mantis and whatnot. And I, you know, I try and, and be up front and say either, hey, this this company gave it to me or I bought this with my hard-earned money, my fucking self, because I thought it was a great product and this is yep. my review of it. Because uh, that's very important in my mind, to be honest, because, uh, you know, people's bubbles have been burst in the last five years, especially with content creators where you're starting to see some of the big names kind of leaked out that they are actually paid for their reviews uh, and they're paid differently. You know, it's like if you want a good review, this is how much you got to pay. If you just want a regular review, this is how much you got to pay and all that kind of bullshit. So that's where I think the honest reviewers need to kind of be brought out. And uh, it's important in in my mind for that. So that way people know what they're spending their money on. Um, So also something uh, that just happened, which I thought was pretty badass for you, Mike, you were on the gun collective, weren't you? Yeah, I was actually, it was the spur of a moment. Um, John Patton made a post on his Instagram, on the TGC Instagram, saying, hey, we're wanting to talk about this program to try and combat red flag laws. Comment if you want to be a part of it. I commented. I got invited to be a part of it. And we ended up being on a live stream talking about Hold My Guns, which is a program specifically for trying to combat red flag laws. And the idea is is basically if a person's going through a hard time emotionally or they're having someone over that they don't want to be that they don't want to have around their firearms, they can go to a gun store that is a part of this organization or this network and say, Hey, I need you to hold my guns, kind of like a code word. And they basically go they give the firearms over to the gun shop. The gun shop holds on to them for an X amount of time. And then when the person's ready to go pick them up, they pay for the standard transfer fee or however much the gun shop wants to charge. And then they get to go home with their guns. And it's a great fucking program. Uh, you actually connected me with the uh, person running that. And hopefully we're going to have him here on the show in a couple weeks. Uh, we got a couple of other guests, uh, maybe, you know, not just Mike, but obviously people that's going to be on us, hopefully with Mike. Uh, and we're going to have some good shit coming down the line so be looking out for that uh it's a great program i think you know mental health is is a uh a huge thing that i think is becoming destigmatized in our just modern culture not just the gun community but just every you know normal everyday culture and i think that's something that is great and important just because uh you know i've told you mike i've gotten uh, promoted at work and i'm over a whole fucking division and when i took over i told one of the main things i told people obviously i told i said there's two things that i'm passionate about it's training and mental health uh if you are not in a good mental health uh, state of mind, then you're going to be shit at your job. So yep. if you need any kind of help, uh, you know, let me know. Uh, either I can help you or I can give you the resources to give you s- some help. So this is just a great one of those resources for, for things like that. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be a huge thing to help with the people that have anxiety because I know there's a lot of dudes in the gun community that are afraid to go and seek help just for anxiety itself. Like they aren't even depressed. They just have anxiety and they're worried that a family member or someone is going to try and get a red flag pulled on them. So they they don't go in and get treatment for it and they end up suffering for their entire life. Well, and something and actually, you know. 
Mike, maybe you might be able to help me with that, but I'm going to try and find somebody that's in the mental health profession. Uh, And obviously every law is, you know, all of this is is state dependent on your state laws, Uh, but it'd be fucking awesome, I think, in my mind, to maybe either have somebody from the mental health profession or maybe a Second Amendment attorney uh, that maybe deals with people trying to regain their Second Amendment rights back after being involuntarily committed. Or, you know, because if you voluntarily commit yourself, uh, you know, from everything that I've read, I'm not, you know, legal, you know, legal eagle here. Uh, but if you voluntarily commit yourself or if you have uh, some issues and you go see a mental health professional, you know, you're not going to lose your Second Amendment rights. It's only when you're involuntarily committed and you're kept for more than 48 hours is when Excuse you me. lose when you lose your uh, Second Amendment rights uh, and you're considered a forbidden person at that point. Uh, but I think that would be a great topic, honestly, for a future episode. It definitely would be, especially getting someone in here that actually understands those laws laws a little bit better. Wow, absolutely. And like I said, it's probably state-dependent, but I know for yeah. uh, federally, it's if you've been involuntarily committed for more than 48 hours, that's when you are considered a prohibited person. Yeah, like a judge has to basically say, yeah, there's something fucked up with you. You can't own guns. Well, and you know what's crazy is, at least here in Alabama, uh, you know, to get somebody committed, it's not an actual judge. It is a probate judge. And in the state of Alabama, you do not actually have to be an attorney to be a probate judge. Uh, You know, fucking, uh, you know, as long as you meet like 18 years old and you're a resident of that county, uh, you could become the probate judge just through an election. So somebody like that. Wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucking crazy. But, you know, like the probate judge here, like does a bunch of other shit like uh, that's who does your tag, your car tags here and and your boat tags and all the other bullshit. Uh, So it's 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 kind of interesting. So, like I said, it'd be really cool to have a mental health professional in. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about some news and, uh, you know, just slide in your news stories, Mike, whenever you feel something uh, that is, you know, relevant to what I'm talking about. But first, uh, as always here on 2A Lifestyle, we try and highlight the shooting sports uh, because it is a humongous part of the gun community. Shooting sports is a great way to get people, uh, you know, the gun bug, the the shooting passion that they will have uh, once they start getting into shooting. Uh, so if you haven't gone to a shooting match, please find your local USPSA, IDPA, 3-Gun, whatever it may be. Find something local, and I understand ammo is short and, you know, times are tough in trying to get it, uh, but, you know, for every USPSA match that I've gone to, we never go more than 150 rounds. So uh, if you go stand in your fucking academy line, uh, you know, academy still has ammo that is relatively inexpensive. It's gone up, but it's still relatively inexpensive. You can get yourself 150 rounds for less than 70 bucks, uh, you know, and that's maxing out your three box limit. Um, so go get you some ammo pay the match fee normally here it's like 20 bucks and actually if you help shoot up you know set up for the match uh, it's free so if you just get there two hours early and you help set up the targets you don't even have to pay the 20 dollars setup fee or range fee so get into the shooting sports uh invite somebody to come with you y'all even if you don't shoot just go watch it it's a fuck ton of fun and then after you watch it once or twice i guarantee you're gonna be like you know what i want to go try that uh and with that this first article comes to us from tactical life uh and team sigs lena michelik uh michelik God damn it. How do you say that, Mike? I think Michalik's right. Michalik, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's, it's I'm one tired of those of, names. 
I'm tired as fuck, and you're actually an hour ahead of me. But you're a night owl, man. I fucking got to get up early and get my kids ready for school and get them to school and fucking go to work after that. So Yeah, I don't uh, deal with those. Yep. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but yeah, Lena Michalik uh, made history in the overall PCC championship. Uh, she was at this year's Florida Open, uh, and she actually won overall with her Sig Sauer MPX PCC in 9mm with a Romeo wow. 3XL dot sight. Uh, and you know, PCC is still a fairly new, um, I, I guess it's division, uh, in USPSA. Uh, and you know, it, it's still new. It just became its own class. Like, cause you know, they got open limited, um, single stack, uh, and, uh, production in USPSA. And they I'm just, opened kinda, up. I'm still kind of surprised that Smith and Wesson hasn't come up with a PCC for either of the Mitchellicks to use in competition. Well, I think the you know uh, the daddy and the mama are Smith and Wesson, but Lena is obviously a part of Team Sig. Uh, yeah, and so you know that's perfect for her. But uh, you know I've seen uh, Jerry Mitchellick just fucking rip through on some YouTube videos with some PCCs. Uh, it doesn't matter. You can give that fucking man uh, a rubber band gun, and he's still <laughs> going to be the fastest motherfucker on the range. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, and good job for her. And like I said, uh, made history with her winning the PCC in the overall. Uh, it's awesome stuff, man. Yeah, it really is. Following uh, in her father's footsteps. Oh shit, man. Well, you know, if you have your own range and tens of thousands of rounds to shoot a week, so that way you could practice, you could yeah. probably be just as good as well. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> next article comes to us from Recoil. Uh, and this might be uh, relevant to future episode. I'm trying to get somebody from this organization on. Uh, he was supposed to be on this week, but he had uh, work issues. And actually, uh, his birthday uh, is this week, and he's celebrating it. So hopefully he can come on uh, in between his birthday festivities. Uh, but it is tactics, tactics and Application Purchases Light Fighter Net. Now, if you don't know what Tactics and Applications is, uh, it is a Facebook group. Uh, that is set up for people in law enforcement, military, security uh, consulting. Uh, and it's set, it's to help set a tone and standard for uh, ex, you know, training, equipment, all that kind of stuff. It's been around since 2017. Uh, and with the current state of affairs and political spectrum and social media, uh, they believe that it was imperative that professionals uh, and 2A enthusiasts alike have a, an unbiased, safe, Haven for discussion, education, and community. So therefore, uh, Taxes and Applications has acquired LifeFighter.net to ensure the atmosphere and avenues uh, for producing and archiving that information uh, is safe and secure going forward. So God forbid if some shit happened and, uh, you know, Facebook decided, you know what, fuck it, we're closing down all of these damn, uh, you know, gun subforums or Facebook groups or whatever it may be uh, from now on. So all the stuff that's been talked about on that Facebook group is gone for forever. Yep. Uh, so uh, Frank Woods, uh, who is the CEO of Tactics and Applications, uh, is purchased uh, what is it, Lightfighter.net, uh, which is another website that they've kind of done some of the same things. Uh, so that way he can 
continue on with preserving that knowledge, which I think is great. Uh, yeah. I think it's awesome. Frank's a cool guy. I've talked to him previously in the past on other stuff. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. Uh, he's a great resource, and I think that's awesome. So check out lifefighters.net. Uh, and also check out Tactics and Applications on Facebook. Uh, it's Like I said, it's a, a private group. Uh, you know, it's, it's good shit. And uh, Mike, you said you've never heard of Tactics and Applications before, correct? Nope, never have. Yeah, it was maybe two years ago now. As soon after I started the podcast, uh, you know, a friend of mine told me about Frank, and I actually, uh, you know, he when I was scrolling through Facebook one day, he showed up in People You May Know, and I sent him a friend request and said, hey, man, you know, I heard about you, all that kind of stuff, and he said, oh, yeah, uh, I told him what I did. Uh, tell him what I'm, you know, I'm part of two-way lifestyle. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm part of Texas Applications. Have you heard of it? And I was like, ah, oh, kind of briefly. Somebody told me about it, said I need to check it out. And that's when he sent me the uh, request to join the private Facebook group. Nice. Uh, and if, if I remember right, like, I mean, it's a, a good many people on there. I think it's around, and this is about a fucking big gap, but I think like two to 5,000 people on the group. Uh, he's like it's, right at that threshold where Facebook is going to start paying attention to the group. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm telling you, the group is fucking just rock solid gold on, uh, you know, stuff that, if, you know, weapon setups, uh, equipment setups, training, all that good stuff. It, it's, it's good, good shit on there. Uh, so be looking out for that. Definitely. Uh, next article comes to us from Ameland, uh, and the National Gun Registry, registry is to be introduced in Congress next month. Now, we Oof. knew this shit was coming, uh, and I think what's happening is, you know, they had, what was it, HR 157 was the, you know, a, a, apocalypse, <clears throat> you know, gun bill, gun control yeah. bill that they introduced a few weeks ago. Uh, and obviously, you know, they put that out there to make their fucking constituents you know the other gun control nuts happy that oh shit they're doing something hallelujah that kind of stuff uh but it's not going to pass in total so you know a smart politician what they're going to do and this is what they're doing is they're breaking up into more individual bills uh and you know they might call it something like uh saving babies act or some bullshit you know and really it's just a, a piece of gun control uh attached to like a little something else that maybe you know that way whenever uh you know pro-gun politicians voted down they can say like oh you know john smith he voted against this bill that would save babies this is what it would have done uh little did they know that you know that's only 10 pages of the bill and the other 580 pages uh is all and you know just fucking gun control bullshit yeah and basically what this is going to do is it's going to require uh, universal background checks uh, and it is going to be where there's going to be a uh, federal, basically a federal registry system. So, you know, when you fill out your current 4473, whenever you purchase a new firearm, uh, it is something that is run through NICS, uh, which is the National uh, Institute for Crime Statistics or some shit like that. National so, Instant Criminals system. System, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and basically what that is, is to make sure that you're not a prohibited person. Uh, but that 4473 that's got your name on it and all of this stuff, that stays with your FFL. The only time that that doesn't stay with your FFL is if, uh, you know, well, fuck, A, a, a fire burn, you know, uh, a act of God happens and the records are destroyed. Um, some, you know, B, someone breaks in, decides to steal it for one reason or another. Or C, if your NFL, F, F, bleh, fuck, uh, your FFL goes out of business. Business, and at that point in time, those records are sent to the ATF, and they hold on to them. Um, yep. 
Now, the only time that your 4473 is pulled, um, and that's where they can see who purchased that, is if, like, uh, say, for example, I shoot and kill uh, some hobo on the street, uh, and I just fucking say, here's the gun, leave it right there. If I purchase that gun for an FFL, you know, police can come look at the gun. They can run it through the ATF. And now what the ATF does is they don't say who, you know, what Nick's chick is attached to that gun. What they do is they have what that serial number was sent to that FFL. And that's actually sent by the manufacturer itself. Um, and after that, so, you know, the police sends uh, a uh, trace for that serial number to the ATF. The ATF sees, well, that's a Smith & Wesson m and uh, Smith & Wesson said that they sent that to Joe Bob's gun shop uh, in Bumfuck, Egypt. They call Joe Bob's, you know, uh, FFL in Bumfuck, Egypt, and they say, hey, this is the serial number of this firearm. I want you to look through your 4473s and see who you sold it to. That's the only time it's done. Uh, but this would be something that's kept all the time. And, and I'm telling you, that's a long motherfucking process. Uh, it takes a long fucking time. Uh, but if they were to keep a national, national registry, uh, you know, of course they're going to say it's for the betterment of crime, uh, law enforcement, fighting, whatever, crime fighting, law enforcement, all of the bullshit. But it's just going to make it easier when it comes time to confiscation because registration does lead to confiscation. Yep. Uh, and when that happens, it'll be easier for them to come find you and know how many guns you're supposed to have. See, I'm kind of interested to see how this is actually going to play out because I see two major issues beyond it just being an infringement. One, I see the universal background check, which would deal with private sales interfering with state law. I don't see a lot of pro-gun states being down with that. I don't see a lot of pro-gun states accepting it. The other one is, oh fuck, I can't even remember the other part, but it just, it it deals with state rights. And this law would completely override so many different state rights and state laws and statutes that exist. Well, uh, and this is interesting, and and I mentioned this, I believe, on the last podcast, and I don't know if you listened to it, Mike. Uh, You know, there are states that are, whole states, not just like counties of Virginia, but whole states are passing Second Amendment sanctuary laws. Yep. Uh, And that is a great thing, because if you look and see the majority, like the majority of states and I'm just use this as an abstract so that way we can have some sort of measure. If you look at the 2020 election and you see all the states that, you know, went red, I think it's like around 35 states went red. I think it was even more. Um, You know, if you have just say 35 states uh, vote and pass some sort of second amendment sanctuary law uh, that says that we nullify any future gun control legislation that's passed through the federal government. Now, if you're in, I already talked shit about you earlier before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> if you remember when California first allowed medical marijuana, which I believe was in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, uh, they were the one and only state that did it. Uh, you know, the federal government still uh, had to stick up their ass about it, and the DEA raided some dispensaries, uh, raided some pot farms, and stuff like that. But now you have like 36, yeah, you have 36 states that have some sort of legal 
marijuana, whether that be medical or for recreational. Uh, and with that, you don't see the DEA giving a flying fuck anymore about any sort of uh, mar- marijuana growing operations, uh, unless it's the cartel bringing it across the fucking border. Really, that's the yep. only thing that they care about. So, and the same thing is done with immigration. Uh, you have a handful, maybe a little bit more than a handful of these, uh, you know, ultra progressive states that have passed some sort of sanctuary immigration laws that says that, you know, the federal government's not allowed to uh, enforce any sort of immigration laws whatsoever in our. Uh, state, county, city, whatever the fuck it may be. And with that, ICE doesn't even fucking bother with L.A. anymore because they know that they're not going to get any help whatsoever. Uh, And if we have more states pass those uh, Second Amendment sanctuary laws, you're going to have the federal government say, oh, shit, you know, we can pass as much gun control as we want, but we're not going to be able to enforce it uh, in Montana or Alabama or Texas where there's more guns per person and there are electric cars, you know. Shit like yeah. that. Uh, so that that's important. And I, again, I please contact your local and state representatives. You know, whether it be your county commission, city council, state uh, senate, state representatives, and tell them to either introduce some legislation like that or to co-sponsor and vote for legislation like that because that's the only way we're going to be able to send a message to the national government that says, hey, you can pass all that shit you want, but doesn't mean you're going to be able to enforce it in our state. Yeah, yeah and that's something I remember briefly. I think it was Wyoming in 2017 passed that law basically stating any ATF agent found trying to enforce future gun laws, future federal gun laws, is going to be stripped of their credentials and thrown into state prison. Yep. Like, if every state that was pro-gun did that, this wouldn't even be happening. And I think we're starting to see more states trying to go over to something like a two-way sanctuary, because we have, like, Utah just passed constitutional care, I believe it is. Montana did. And Indiana is, like, inching towards it for, like, the second or third time. I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. But if we do, that's a major slap in the face to the Fed, especially them trying to pass, what was it, a federal requirement for psychological analysis for those who have a carry permit? Yeah. It's like, come on. You aren't going to be able to get it done. Yeah. All right. Next article comes to us from Amlin as well. And this is interesting. When I was telling you what stories we're going to cover, uh, you're yep. kind of floored by this. But NATO has standardized FNs 5.7 by 28 caliber. Now, just in case if you don't know what that is, the 5.7 is what the P, uh, P90 and PS90 runs off of. Uh, it's what the FN 5.7 runs off of. It's what the uh, new Ruger 5.7 runs, or was it not Ruger? Is it Ruger? What the fuck am I thinking? Yeah, Ruger came yeah, out with Ruger. 5.7. Ruger came out with one. God damn it, man. I'm telling you, it's getting too late for me. Uh, <laughs> and then Keltec oh, is, shit, dude. Keltec uh, is coming out with their own uh, FN 5.7 pistol that actually takes uh, the FN P90 mags, which. Yeah. I, you know, people make fun of Keltec, but I just love the fact that they're like, hey, let's just make up some shit that nobody's ever done before. Keltec is so great at innovating. It's the final execution that they fuck up. It's like the P365. Everyone thought that was revolutionary. They don't realize that Keltec did that back in like 1997 with the P11. Like the exact oh, yeah. same dimension, same exact capacity, everything. Well, and, and what was it? The PF9. I had one of those for a while just because it was so slim. It's, it was the single stack version of the P11. Uh, and I fucking love that gun. Uh, it didn't really kick that bad. Uh, the trigger 
uh, was super, super fucking long to pull. Uh, but I love that gun. Uh, but yeah, it's the the follow through in regards to uh, making sure you have enough supply to meet the demand uh, for them. Because what was it? The KSG, the the dual tube shotgun. Everybody and their sister wanted one of those. And you remember like the uh, MSRP on them was only like seven hundred or seven fifty. Yeah, but you I remember saw... selling a few for like eight hundred and fifty. Oh shit! I saw those fucking things selling for like eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars here mm-hmm. uh, in my neck of the woods, man. Yeah. Uh, so this is good because you know, to me, you know, and for those that don't know, uh, the other uh, NATO uh, standardized calibers are, of course, uh, nine nine millimeter parabellum, nine by nineteen, uh, the five five six, seven six two by fifty one, or three oh eight. Uh, 12, seven by 90, also known as the 50 cal. Uh, so the fact that it has been standardized tells me that the five, seven is here to stay, which is great because I think that means you're going to see a lot more firearms companies make firearms in this caliber, which is a great thing. And personally, I love the five, seven. I think it is a cool fucking caliber. Uh, but the only thing is, is the ballistics test I've seen done, uh, by, you know, major organizations, uh, government organizations, they literally call it the ice pick round because that's fucking thing is moving so fast that it doesn't have enough time to, uh, create the terminal ballistic cavity in you. You know, that the thing that you always see in the ballistic gelatin, you know, the big expand, uh, it doesn't really expand enough because it's not a hollow point. I mean, it's basically a rifle round. Uh, and at least with the five, five, six, you know, it tumbles once it enters, uh, you, but the five, seven just goes straight through you. Uh, and it's almost like a little ice pick. Of course, you're going to have some expanse, but it's nothing like, uh, anything else. The, you know, the main cool thing about the five, seven is that, you know, you get the, the higher capacity, uh, you know, you got the extended mag, uh, the extended yeah, I think mag. I think it's the 5.7 holds 20 rounds flush fit. Yes, holds 20 rounds flush fit, and that's what I was going to say, the extended mag. Um, it's 25 or 30. 30, that's what it is. It hangs off a little bit, but it almost it basically yeah. is the same thing as the uh, 22 round uh, magazine for the 320. That's what it kind of looks like. So it's nothing okay. horrible, but you're fucking carrying 30 rounds of this caliber in a handgun. It's pretty fucking awesome. See, and the interesting uh, thing about all this is a couple days ago, I think it was the 27th, um, it looks like they're starting to try to go after 5.7 because of a double murder in Rich or East. Palo Alto in California or some shit like that. Which yeah, is insane. It, well, I I briefly went over, uh, just kind of skimmed through that article. Uh, now, and this is the second thing I was going to say about this particular caliber. Caliber uh, is that it's fucking going to go through basically every soft ant armor on the market uh, because it is traveling that fast. Even though your soft armor may be rated 3A uh, and it's supposed to stop, uh, you know, higher energy, you know, calibers like uh, 9mm plus P or the 45 or 44 mag, stuff like that. Uh, This thing's going so fast that it's going to go not only through your, you know, your front soft armor, it's also going to go through the fucking back. Just like a regular five 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 six. Um, See, what's interesting, I or what I found interesting with the five seven is, it's one of the calibers that the ballistics tests have not really been able to show us the results that we see in real life because there's the Fort Hood shooting, however many years ago. Yeah. Or every person that was hit with it was critically injured or killed. And I wonder if that shot placement 
or or if that's ballistic. Yeah, I do too because there was that post floating around Facebook. I think it was last year, the year before, where the guy accidentally shot himself in the stomach with it, and it traveled up into his lung. Well, I, I tell you, I've seen that with a fucking twenty two. Like, it just whenever a bullet enters in the body, it does insane things. I'll never forget one fucking time I went to an autopsy where a dude was shot uh, in the chest with a twenty two. The thing stopped inside one of his major arteries. And it the artery pumped the twenty two bullet all the way down to like almost his foot. And that's wow. where that's where it was found. It was it was fucking crazy. And that's something uh I was literally on a uh gun Facebook group and people were talking about it and somebody mentioned that and they were like, That's bullshit and whatever. I'm like, bitch, I've been to a fucking autopsy and we couldn't find it. And they, you know, they cut that dude all the way up to the, to the, well, what they did, uh, is they put him in, uh, a dead body, they x-rayed the dead body. And then they finally found it in this foot. And that's, that's where it was. So I'm, I'm telling you, I fucking saw it with my own two motherfucking eyes. So that kind of shit does happen. And something else crazy. Uh, I saw, uh, a big old fat fuck. Uh, he got shot in the chest and it went out the backside, but this joker just kept on going. And we were like, what's going on? Uh, he was shot with a nine millimeter FMJ, uh, and he was so fucking fat that it hit the chest, hit a rib, and that motherfucker traveled all the way around the fat and just went out the back. And it looked like it was a through and through, but it just circled around, so it completely missed all of his stuff. So that you know, you know, he might have died. He had his own gravitational pull. <laughs> well, he, he might have died of diabetes later on, but he sure fucking didn't die from a gunshot wound that day. Jesus Christ. So. I just thought that was cool, man. Uh, fucking NATO standardized, and that's that's going to be mean big things for the gun community. Be looking out in the next five years for new gun releases. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, and hopefully, I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for 357 Sig to do some catch up time because I love that caliber, dude. I love 357 Sig so much because of the ballistics on it, but that shit will never come around. Unfortunately. I hate it because the ballistics on it are amazing. It's the the flattest round that goes through a car window. It uh, would be great because it's it's better than nine millimeter because it's bottleneck. Mm-hmm. Period. It's going to be more reliable. You aren't going to have as many ejection issues. It's just a better round all around. Yep. <laughs> That's a pun. And then uh, also, what's cool about it is um, you can shoot it through a forty tube still. If you want, I've seen that happen. Somebody shoot a three fifty seven sig through a forty caliber firearm. It's just makes a loud louder bang hmm. i could so. see that because it is a, it is a necked up necked yeah. up i think that's yeah it's a necked up 40 isn't it that's all it is it's a nine millimeter bullet in the 40 40 caliber casing makes sense next article comes to us uh from Amaland, and the title of it is goa defense distributed and gsd supply uh issues open letter to biden on ghost guns and now basically what this is is you have seen you actually see um uh, there was one article that i saw that i didn't decide to talk about but basically uh every town has issued their wish list basically uh, to the Biden administration saying what they want on gun control. Uh, and this is basically uh, GOA, Defense Distributed, JST Supply, uh, kind of doing their own thing to President Biden saying, hey, uh, you know, understand that you think ghost guns is scary and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the letter points out that by excluding pro-gun groups from the discussion in regards to ghost guns, uh, the administration has blocked inputs from millions of Americans' gun owners. Uh, and it also states that these Americans are law-abiding citizens that would be the target of any change. Uh, and that's absolutely fucking true. Uh, you know, Biden has already uh, said that the 
ATF, uh, or I'm sorry, the letter states that the ATF has already had a long-held opinion stating that these items do not meet the definition of a firearm, uh, which is very true. But the ATF, as we have seen, loves to change their mind. They like yep. to make law instead of enforce it. Uh, <clears throat> Tommy Bill. <clears throat> yep. And that's something we're going to be talking about later. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, this comes to us from the Firearms Blog. And this is actually a little bit older story, but, you know, we hadn't had a podcast since then, so fuck it. We'll talk about it. Uh, you know, the ATF reclassifies the Tommy Belt Tactical T-36 receiver as a machine gun. Now, basically what they're saying is, you know, this is a replica of the HKG-36, basically. Uh, it's very expensive. It was expensive as fuck. I'm trying to remember, uh, see if they have original MSR p on here uh to it i don't see it though but they were like three around three grand if i remember correctly um and basically what the atf is stating is that uh the receiver in the t36 uh it basically doesn't have enough steps for people to uh, make the firearm into what is classified as a machine gun or be able to shoot uh, fully automatic. Uh, they basically wanted some more steps in there that people would have to do if they wanted to make it a machine gun. So basically, I mean, honestly, any firearm can be made into a fully automatic, you know, fully automatic weapon uh, with some, you know, machining or some parts. Uh, but the ATF wants to make it as difficult as possible for people to do that so uh the and this is kind of shitty in my opinion um tommy built has said you know and the atf has, has said you know either you can turn these guns in uh or you need to have them destroyed or you'd have to get with tommy built to add what is needed to make sure it's not considered a uh you know a fully automatic farm and the minimal cost tommy built will charge you is 225 dollars that's minimal it could be oh, more. This is, this is the two T36 receiver, right? Yep. Okay, MSRP, I'm sorry to cut you off. MSRP on it on the Tommy Built website is 849 bucks. Is that just a receiver? Just or is the receiver. The whole okay. Just the receiver. I, okay, I'm thinking I'm thinking about the whole farm. So if yeah. just the fucking receiver cost $849. Yeah, it's still a lot of money. Yeah, son, that is a fuck ton of money. I mean, even in nowadays inflated prices, you can get out. What was the last Hodge uh, drop? How much were they charging for the last Hodge drop? Like 400 bucks? Oh, shit, I don't even remember. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're they're I mean, always in like the $400 range. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hodge, which is considered like, you know. Uh, God tier. Yeah, God tier of the lower receivers is, is less than that. That's fucking insane. Um, And, you know, I and understand. they're aluminum. That's polymer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand Tommy Bill got fucked by the ATF because uh, they sent this in for classification. ATF said this was good, but now they're changing their minds. Uh, but I don't know. I'm going to ask you this, Mike. If you owned a gun company and you sold a ton of stuff uh, and then all of a sudden ATF says, no, that that's not good anymore. You gotta, you know, tell these people to either turn their shit in or you're going to have to come up with something to make sure that is not considered a machine gun. Uh, would you eat the cost or would you charge the people you sold your firearms to uh, because, you know, it's the ATF's fuck up, not yours? You know, I'm not 100 percent certain. I think it would depend on the situation I was in. Because part of me wants to say, you know what, I'll just close up shop. The people are going to do what they want to do. If they want to keep it as it is, whatever, that's their choice. They can tell the ATF, hey, cram it. I destroyed it. Go get a warrant to come search for it. God, you sound like, what was it, that Maxim? That, that, no, the Hudson. You sound like the Hudson that closed up shop. I said, fuck, <laughs> fuck my customers. <laughs> yeah, no, except this would be for different reasons. It'd be so that way, you know, I'd probably destroy all my wreck at that point. I'd bite the bullet, go to jail, so that way my customers 
wouldn't get fucked by the long dick of the federal government. Or you could just pay the neighborhood crackhead to sit, to burn your shop down with your forty four seventy threes in there. I mean, I mean, one way or another, my customers aren't going to be get getting found out. Yeah, uh, it's just crazy, man. I, you know, yeah. at first I was like, you know, man, fuck that. That's I'm not going to pay at least two hundred twenty five dollars to uh, get this gun that I paid, you know, like three four grand for, you know, to ATF compliance. But then I was yeah. thinking, well, you know, fucking Tommy Bill, it's not their fault that the ATF no. changed their mind on it. You know, it's like playing from, my. From what 70... I've heard, he's a really good guy to talk with. He's a really good guy to work with, and his customer base is loyal as fuck. So I could see them definitely just eating the cost just to keep his business going if that's what's required. Well, and but he's not eating the cost. Well, no, no. I mean, yeah. them eating the cost. I got you. To well, going. yeah. And, and to be honest with you, if you're spending three or four grand on a HK, you know, G36 wannabe, you could probably afford the $225 to get it updated. Yeah, it's kind of, it, unless you're putting an O-light on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next article comes to us from MLAN. It's the Ninth Circuit to hear case challenging California's magazine banned in bank or in bank. I don't know how you say that Latin on phrase. On bank. Thank you. You're welcome. Adam Kraut taught me that. Oh, good old Adam, man. <laughs> uh, but basically what it is is, uh, you know, they're challenging the uh, magazine band, and this is like the the whole nine yards. Uh, you know, the uh, three-judge panel ruled it unconstitutional. The attorney general for California, Xavier Becerra, filed a petition for an unbanked hearing uh, in the hearing before the 11 judge uh, as opposed to the three-judge. Uh, to overturn the decision. And uh, so, anyway, that, that's interesting. Uh, and, Mike, you said you had a story about the Air Force ta- uh, adopting uh, a new firearm? Yeah, actually, um, the Air Force is adopting the APC-9K from Brugger and Thometer B&T. They're actually now, hopping on the Army contract that the Army pulled out last year, I believe it was, for, I think it was like $3.5 million dollars. And they were getting 350 units, and there's going to be leftover for them to be able to purchase more. And the ATF or the Air Force decided, hey, we want to get in on this. We actually like this gun's modularity. Let's go ahead and order 100 units off of your existing contract. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, only 100. Well, well it's for know. their security forces, and I imagine the Air okay. Force doesn't have that many people that are in the security forces. You say that, but uh, you know, I almost got a DoD contract with the Air Force uh, until I got this promotion, and I decided to not continue with it. Um, and and basically, you know, like the old adage of, you know, if you fucking fail out of either basic or your AIT or if you got a ASVAB score so low, but you join the Air Force anyway, uh, you know, you'd become a cook. Well, you know, they don't have cooks anymore, basically. Uh, so in the Air Force, you become security forces. So all the retards that were <laughs> smart enough to get in the Air Force, but not smart enough for anything else. Uh, our security forces in the Air Force. Well, that would not explain why they're only getting 100. I wonder if it's just a test sample to see how uh, well people work with it. A test sample or, um, you know, for and I don't know if this is still going on. I know a buddy of mine was this, you know, they had the conventional security forces uh, and then they were uh, testing out a new unconventional security forces, which was almost like going to be their uh, special forces of Air Force, you know, besides Blue the, Berets. Well, they already got Blue Berets and they look gay as fuck doing that but uh, they they these guys wouldn't be the ones wearing the blue berets these wouldn't be the the normal cops that you see on an air force base they would be uh you know going in with like uh you know 
the army or the marines or whatever whenever they uh secure a uh you know like a landing field these guys the unconventional ones would be going in there to you know secure the site whereas instead of army or marines would do it uh these guys would be doing it so i don't know maybe if it's got to do with their you know their high speed security forces guys i don't know yeah i'm not sure either i know i think it was soft rep might have had the article where they actually went in depth about uh what the contract was for for the the original contract for the army what they were searching for and why they were wanting it I know the Army is using it for their security forces as well. I don't know if it's for the standard security forces or some off-branch like you were talking about with the Air Force. But yeah, it looks like they're really trying to look at PCCs, which is kind of interesting, or submachine guns. That is interesting. I can see that a little bit better than maybe just like an SBR uh, type M4 platform because Mm -hmm. the shorter you get the barrel length, you're losing your ballistics a whole lot of, and you're not getting the spin and all that kind of stuff. Uh, That is interesting. All right. Uh, next article also comes to us from Inland. Uh, FPC again, y'all join a gun related advocacy group while I'm mentioning it. FPC, GOA, FPF. Uh, you know, I was talking to our good buddy Ron about it the other day, and you know, he was talking about how FPC's killing it. And I said, yeah, but they're kind of getting NRA esque in regards to the, you know, the oh shit, the gun mageddon's happening uh, kind of deal. They're always, I'm getting at least two emails a day from them saying, you know, like, this is it. We need to do this. Otherwise, you can lose your guns kind of shit. Uh, But they're at least doing good fucking work still. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, FPC, if you need someone to do email marketing, reach out to the Coots Agency. I know a really good guy there, and he's fantastic with email marketing. And they need they need some new email marketing, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Uh, but basically, they have a new filing, an order, and lawsuit challenging California's assault weapon ban. Uh, pretty simple. The headline says it all, but I thought it was important to mention that just because, uh, you know, the old saying, so goes California, so goes, you know, as go California, so goes the nation, or some shit like that. Uh, I think, you know, if we're able to defeat California's gun laws and... Uh, you know, higher courts, and then especially as populous as California is, there's going to be that perfect case that they're needing to do that. Uh, so I think that's that's a great thing. To, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to eventually happen. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's a great thing that FPC is actually fighting for California because it seems like the NRA, the GOA, and everyone else is just abandoned California. But I think FPC is actually based in California. I, I think you're right. Uh, and then not only that, there. What's the other um, gun rights organization over there? It's I don't it's know. A, it's a, it's another big one. I can't remember. I actually got a T-shirt from them when they were doing a fundraiser. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there's I always another find big it one interesting. There. There's all those organizations and manufacturers that are in these anti-gun states. I've never understood why some of them don't just leave. Well, I mean, it's happening. Uh, but I mean. Yeah. Remington left, Kimber's left uh, their spot, Magpul left their spot because they were out of California uh, and they end up leaving. Uh, you know, it's it's happening. Yeah, slowly mm-hmm. it's happening. Next article comes to us from Inland as well. Uh, the NSSF uh, has come out and saying that the Canada gun confiscation is in the coming months. Now, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this previously on a show, uh, but, you know, Trudeau up there, uh, he added a bunch of firearms to the ban list up there in Canada. And it's basically no, no fucking due process uh, up there where you have property, the government makes it illegal, uh, you have no due process in making sure that you keep that property. Uh, and those guns that are an estimated between 150 to 200,000 
you know, and it's a total of 1,500 makes and models that are now under the expanded assault weapon definition, uh, you are going to be probably seeing that confiscation happening. Uh, Mr. Blair, I guess it would run between three and $400 million. Uh, if, you know, there is 150 to 200,000 gun owners, uh, they demand, you know, $1,300 per firearm is what the gun owners are saying. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. That was yeah. going to cost over $2.7 billion for the Canadian government if they're going to do it. Uh, so it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. You might see some, uh, some maybe some Waco stands happening, some Waco-like oh, stands happening up there. Definitely. And the thing is, if you aren't familiar with Canada's gun laws, I about said Canada, um, <laughs> everything's registered. Literally everything is registered on a license. They know where every single gun is unless it's been sold illegally. Like they are so strict, like they still allow them, but they're very strict in terms of how you can go about acquiring them. And I believe they also have safe storage laws where if you get caught not storing them accordingly, you can go to jail, yep. which is absolutely bonkers mind. It's like Australia. I was talking, I have a friend out in Australia that's a gun enthusiast. He is telling me basically, yeah, we aren't allowed to take pictures of our guns unless we're actually at the range doing a competition because that's illegal. It's illegal for it to be out of our safe unless we're maintaining it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we actually got a pretty good following in Australia. We have like, I think it's like at least a dozen or two dozen downloads every episode from Australia. Uh, just try and give them a good shout out. You know, well, we... I'm gonna piss them off real quick and say Vegemite fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> you, you're over my Alabama head with that shit right there. You got any? Uh, you got any fucking uh, stories there, Mike? I got one, actually two. Um, in Chicago, and this is on the Chicago Tribune. Um, the title is "Faced with Rising Crime and Social Upheaval." More black Chicagoans seeking out firearms for their own protection. Basically, a whole bunch of African-American and other black Chicagoans are going out and they're trying to get their gun license or their, uh, what the fuck's their license called over there? Foid card. Their, uh... Yeah, they're trying to get their FOID card in order to be able to purchase firearms. Now, an interesting thing about that is, I think it was last year or the year before, the rapper Twista actually started up his own training organization. Yep. So that way he could train people that are native in Illinois. And that rolls over into Indianapolis just got its first black-owned gun store, oh, which is fantastic. Awesome. And what I hate seeing in the gun community is people saying, you know, why are they bringing up race? And they aren't they aren't thinking about the fact that, you know, a lot of minorities will only shop at minority-owned businesses. The fact that there is now a black gun-owned gun store in Indianapolis means that more minorities are going to take an interest in purchasing a firearm to support that business. And because they purchase that firearm, they're going to be more invested in their rights, and more people are going to start voting for guns. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there is one other uh, gun uh, trainer in my area uh and they own an indoor range and uh they are minority owned the black um just you know just tell you what minority it is and uh they kill it in regards to uh who you know i train you know i mainly train like older people uh and stuff like that i have trained uh some minorities uh you know blacks 
women, uh, Koreans, stuff like that. But, you know, they kill it just because, you know, there is that mindset, you know, that this person will understand whatever difficulties I may have, whether it be what gun I purchased, uh, you know, holster I purchased, whatever it may be. I mean, that yep. isn't, that is, and, and even though it's 2021, there's still going to be some of that dangling in the back of people's head. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's it's kind of like skincare. I mean, you aren't going to have a black person asking a white person what lotion they're using to take to get rid of ashy skin. Well, goddamn it, you say that, but you know, I have a, a, a biracial son, and I am perfect for that. That. And well, hair. I mean, you're an exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got any other news stories there, or was that the two into one? That's the two into one. Um, I do have, and this is just a side note because I got to promote myself a little bit here. Um, Locks and Company, the, it was previously Locks Hair Wax. Um, they just came out with a new rebrand. They're now Locks and Company, and they're actually selling a shirt. It's called the Stick T-shirt, and it's one that I actually helped design. Go check it out. It's locksandcompany.com, and you can get ten percent off with the code CAT10. I have it. It's a beautiful shirt. It's funny. I love it, but I'm biased. Absolutely. In the last story I want to talk about, we were talking about sanctuary states. Uh, and this comes to us from firearmsnews.com. And the title of it is Oklahoma 2A Progress Shows How Elections Have Consequences. Uh, you know, Oklahoma is along with the other, uh, you know, states that had, you know, mass elections going on and, and shit like that. Uh, well, uh, it was approved SB 631 known as the second amendment sanctuary act was approved by the Senate public safety committee by a nine to vote. Uh, and this is amazing because, uh, there is some newer, um, newer politicians that helped get that passed. But, uh, also there are 14 sheriffs, you know, sheriffs are in elected position that are in support of the bill. So, you know, these new elected politicians, whether it be sheriffs or state representatives or state senators, uh, they are throwing their support behind this bill. And it looks like Oklahoma may became may become another sanctuary state for the Second Amendment rights. So just wanted to end on that fucking awesome, amazing good news. It looks like we might add another to the list. Yeah. Now, just to add on to that a little bit, for anyone that's in Indiana that listens to this podcast, um, our house just recently passed. HB 1369 nice which is a bill that deals with constitutional carry it's something that's been up a couple of times now um and they're doing a whole bunch of misinformation in the media about it right now I just yeah and it's something i really want to clear up real quick just in case there's someone in indiana that's listening um a lot of the news agencies are reporting that this bill will repeal carry permits they're basically making it sound like carry permits are going away and that they have no longer or no longer have any legal standing that's a lie when six, if 1369 passes senate and it gets signed into law your carry permit is still going to be valid you can still apply for carry permits to be able to leave the state your lifetime permits are still going to be valid and all that and a lot of the sheriffs in this state are being very vocal about supporting this law it's basically stating look we can't be everywhere, and the government shouldn't be a citizen's first choice for protecting themselves. They need to be able to protect themselves. So 1369, contact your representatives, tell them 
say yes to it so that way we can get constitutional carry because i don't want to pay for permits anymore. hell yeah with that let's go ahead and close out the main segment and before we get into the gun gear news and reviews i want to mention uh, my sponsor and good buddy cliff at coworkconcealment.com uh you know mike is familiar with cliff uh yep. he makes quality kydex holsters uh and you know something awesome mike is you know uh when cliff revamped his site you and i talked about how he had what is those those shitty leather holsters versicary he had them on there but uh you know after you know kept playing with them and and seeing that they didn't meet the quality uh that he expects out of his products that he sells uh, he actually got rid of VersaCarry. So VersaCarry, those That's leather holsters are not on there. So it just, just goes to show you that Cliff cares about quality in regards to what he's selling. Uh, he does that with you know his Kydex holsters, anything else he sells on his website. So yep. check out CoworkConcealment.com. Also check him out on Facebook and Instagram at Cowork Concealment, and let him know to a lifestyle sent you. So with yeah, that, Cliff let's is fantastic dude. Fucking you know he's an awesome dude, and he can basically make anything under the sun in Kydex, and it's good quality. And something that I want to give Cliff a uh, shout out to is that you know uh he you know when i almost very first started this podcast he uh you know sent me some holsters uh and the kydex quality was great and i really liked it and this is even before he came a sponsor he just gave them to me he said try them out you know if you don't mind just tell him you know talk about my holsters in the podcast i said sure uh and i just said you know at the time he had those foamy clips those plastic ones yeah and i told him i said you know I like your Kydex, but I said, I just can't stay in these foamy clips. And there were some other type clips that I liked, uh, but he actually took that to heart and he went and got the discrete carry concept clips, uh, those nice metal ones. And that seems yeah, block. Yeah. And he, and he had this on his holsters, I think for over a year now. And now yep. that has become the standard with basically all other uh, quality Kydex holsters manufacturers. So kind of Cliff did that before some of the other big names did. So, uh, I mean, that just goes to show the quality that Cliff puts into his Kydex holsters. Let's go ahead and get into the next segment, which is the gear news and reviews. Uh, I don't have any gear to review, but there is plenty to talk about. Uh, the first one I'm going to be talking about is the Samson manufa- or Samson, I should say, S-A-M-S-O-N, Manufacturing M-Lock Earplug Holsters. Now, these are kind of just a what the fuck these things are. <laughs> um and I wonder, I could do it, and, and just to say, you know, one reason why this shit went on so long, here we go, share screen, I'm going to share the screen to you there, uh, start sharing, see if you could see this ugly fuck. What the Can you see him? <laughs> That's retarded. <laughs> it is so fucking dumb, man. Uh, it is literally, and what this thing is, is it is an M-Lock uh, accessory, and it looks like two little aluminum cubes that have... <laughs> holes on three sides and then one hole in the top and then just your little earplugs basically wedge in those fucking things and it holds your earplugs onto your firearm look all i'm saying is 
if the ATF is worried about people smoking marijuana and owning firearms, they need to hit up Samson. Oh, fuck, dude. So <laughs> did I show you the, the Magic 8 Ball from the ATF thing? I think I posted it in your Discord. I don't think I saw it. I might have. I might have. Okay. That motherfucking thing was supposed to have been here this past Friday. I talked about it on the last podcast. Uh, I actually bought it. It was supposed to be here this past Friday, but it hasn't showed up yet. So I'm wondering where the fuck it is. Uh, God, I'm going to have to set myself a fucking reminder. Speaking of which, uh, hey, Siri, set a reminder to check out the Magic 8 Ball ATF thing tomorrow. God damn it, Siri. What a boomer. All right, so I'm going to check that out tomorrow see where the fuck that thing is. But these things are 20 bucks. Um, it's fucking retarded. I wouldn't spend $20 on this if someone gives you a pair. Okay, kind of cool. If, look, all I'm saying is if someone gives you a pair and you use it, I'm going to bully you. And if you buy them, I'm going to bully you even more. Damn straight. Thank you very much. Now, I would probably give those as a gag gift to a good buddy of mine, though. Yeah. And I would get penis-shaped earplugs. Yes, that is exactly. acceptable. There you go. <laughs> so next art, uh, next product uh, is Real Avid. Now I'm just gonna flat out say, and just like we talked about Mike uh, earlier about this, is that I'm gonna be upfront. Uh, I'm a, I guess you could say I'm a fucking shill on anything that's Real Avid, Magpul, or Mantis X because uh, I think those guys just make amazing products. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can't be a shill if they aren't paying your bills. Whatever the fuck it is. Well, I'm paying their bills by buying their shit because I love their shit that much. So, uh, well, you could say I'm just biased then because I think everything that those guys have fucking come out with is amazing. And I love it. I'm like a fanboy for them. Uh, but they have come out with a new AK-47 cleaning kit. Uh, it includes a zipper case, a gas tube mop. Uh, six threaded steel rods, nine function compact AK-47 scraper, which you've said, Mike, you've had uh, experience with. Yeah, doesn't, unfortunately. Doesn't work it doesn't work well. No. I got one when I got my AK back in 2017, 2016. I tried using it to keep that piston real by, uh, real shiny and clean, and it just didn't work out for me. Yeah, and that's something that you and I talked about, is that the AK was more designed to, you know, just be dirty until it's just, the barrel's you know, burnt through, uh, whereas the AR platform-type rifle, those things are meant to be cleaned all the time uh, and yeah. stay cleaned. So, I can understand that. Uh, bolt and piston brush, cleaning patches, drift pin punch uh, with gas port scraper tip, uh, a bore brush, nylon slot tip, all that kinds of good shit. And the best thing about it is the MSRP thing on this thing is only 30 bucks. So that's not bad. Not for, for what you're getting. Well, and for Real Avid, you know, and that's one thing about Real Avid is that they're pretty fucking expensive. Uh, but for 30 bucks, it's really not that bad, like you said. And it's a perfect little range cleaning kit. Uh, if you have an AK-47 in a rifle bag, throw this in there. It's perfect. Uh, another product is a new Birchward KC shooting rest. Uh, this thing looks pretty heavy duty. Uh, but it's also got a pretty heavy duty price of around, uh, the, the Bravo shooting rest, which is, uh, this little guy down here. It's just, um, it's just like, you know, steel piping. It, it's not as heavy duty looking. Uh, it looks like it's still do the job, but just not as heavy duty. Uh, it's one thirty, and then, uh, well, I mean, you got them ranging all the way from 30 bucks up to $230. So I mean, See, I'm not 30... familiar with shooting rest prices. So that just seems high to me just looking at it because it's literally just piping that's bent. Well, honestly, uh, like Caldwell, uh, the lead sled, uh, you, I found those used around here for about 120 And I think brand new, uh, like 
every time I've seen them like on sale, they're around 200. Uh, but that's yeah. something you can actually set weight on, like a you know like a, a weight plate on uh, to make sure to, to help reduce the recoil. Right. Uh, so you know it, it's kind of on par with uh like caldwell stuff uh you know it's just if you if you're serious into you know i guess bench shooting i don't know next if product you're bench shooting you're probably doing the missionary style every night that's all i'm saying pure vanilla <laughs> pure <laughs> vanilla it's like i tell my girlfriend i'll try everything twice just because you never know if i had a bad experience the first time exactly yeah. Uh, the next one comes to us from Zev. They have come out with a new pro grade carbine in five five six. Uh, and what's interesting about this is the MSRP. Is the MSRP <laughs> of fifteen hundred dollars? Now, if you're not familiar with Zev products, uh, they are pretty fucking pricey. Uh, I mean, they make like Glock 19s about this price. Uh, yeah. But you, know, like- you you see what you're getting right here. You're getting a real nice free-floating M-Lock uh, handrail. Uh, it's got the continuous uh, rail up top. Uh, you know, let's see. It's got all the stuff on here. Uh, mill specs forged, uh, wedge lock, free-floating M-Lock handguard, uh, Zev muzzle device, low profile, gas block, uh, mill spec B- BCG, Magpul pistol grip, Magpul adjustable bus stock, uh, seven pounds unloaded. That's kind of nice. But I mean, it's a Zev product, and it's because it's a Zev product, you know you're going to get a good product. Yeah, now, now just so everyone has a, a place to compare the MSRP to to understand why this is wild, the OZ9, which is a very interesting concept, is set, the, the cheapest one on their website is $1,679, and that's for a handgun. How much was that? $1,500 for a rifle. And that's MSRP, so you're probably yeah. going to get it for maybe around $1,400. Which is insane considering how much the OZ9 is. Yeah, uh, you know, and I would probably rate this maybe around, like, maybe a Daniel Defense, I would think. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's going to be, like, right at, like, their, their 365 is $1,200. Yeah. Like, this is an insane value if it turns out to be good. Yeah, and, and I think it would be since it's from Zev because, yeah. you know, Zev, what you do with their products is you get a highly customizable customizable uh, firearm in a regular platform. So like you said, the 365s, Glock 19, stuff like that. Uh, So, I mean, they're used to taking a platform that is reliable to begin with, which in this case is the AR platform, uh, and then customizing the shit out of it. And, you know, it's still really good. So They're kind of like a budget-friendly salient arms. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to talk there for a second. I took a big old fucking swig, so now I'm shooting my eyes. <laughs> now, did you know the OZ-9 actually has... It's a it's a uh, module, modular gun. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea that was a modular gun. I think I remember that whenever it first came out, but it's something that didn't stick with me. It is something... I didn't know that about it, and that it's actually... I would spend the money on it. Hmm. For, for that, for that Zev, absolutely. So this next thing is the Hex uh, Dragonfly, which is a uh, red dot sight that is actually supposed to be for your rifle, shotguns, and pistols. Uh, it is a 3.5 MOA, uh, and you're looking at around 250. Uh, it comes with, uh, it works on CR2032 batteries. Supposed to have a hundred thousand hour operation life on the batteries and it's got a 16 hour on off uh and i take that back i'm sorry it's a one moa dot uh no i'm fucking retarded the dot size 3.5 adjustments the one moa yeah uh it's ipx7 waterproofing which is actually 
surprisingly really good. Uh, let's see. The footprint is the standard for the Vortex Venom uh, Burst Fat Fire, Fast Fire, and it, brightness is auto adjustment. Eight levels. Uh, I'm trying to see if this thing's got auto on. I'm I not don't sure. see that there. All I know is Springfield had something to do with it, and that makes me not want to even try it. Well, it's 250. Uh, it's, you know, the 100,000-hour battery life, to me, uh, is pretty interesting. It is uh, if it's real. But just like yes. the XD, it's not made in America. Yes. Um, and something else that I also found, you know, it's the... I'm surprised it's the Vortex Venom and the Burst Fast Fire yeah. footprint. Yeah, that, like, why didn't they go with the RMR? Yeah, that makes me wonder. Yeah, it's just kind of a little, little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah. And just kind of skimming through the article, I don't see where it states if it's auto on. To me, if uh, and actually looking at it now, I don't know where the battery is loaded. I can't tell if it's through the top, the side. Oh, let me look at the two sides real quick. Yeah, there's one. It's definitely not there. No. And I can't really see if it's on the top right there. It doesn't look like it. That's a wider fucking optic too yes it absolutely it actually hangs out on both sides of the springfield that they have it on they have it on the xdm elite like you'd figure with springfield having a hand in the design of this thing they would have made it flush with the sides of their own fucking pistol you'd think but fuck it but springfield. springfield yeah this next thing that i'm gonna talk about uh i am super fucking interested in um it is the mute suppressor and it is 3d printed uh, and it is made out of polymer. Now we have talked about a previous uh, three, well, 3D printed polymer suppressor, and that's from Thermal Defense Solutions. Uh, I've actually gone to the range at a range day and shot with them. Uh, it is an amazing suppressor. Uh, the huge thing with this suppressor is because it's made out of polymer. Uh, it's supposed to reduce the heat, so you can actually handle it a little bit easier uh, versus you know your traditional metal suppressors uh that i love those little you know 3d slow uh other suppressor yeah dude that's fucking cool as shit um and it's got a uh attachment that you use to replace your uh flash suppressor uh and the msrp on these things is actually pretty affordable it's 599 uh when you're looking at the caliber it comes in 22 9 millimeter or 556 let's look at actually let's look at 22 because i've been looking at 22s and i can tell uh db rating db is only 108 that's actually really pretty freaking good uh, yeah from from what i recall on suppressed 22s that isn't too bad at all yeah that, that's that's really good so you know, i'm but, wondering if that's at the ear or if that's at the muzzle well and that's something i'm you know there's no industry standard so uh, it's a it's kind of a fat can. Uh, you're looking at dimensions. Uh, the diameter is one inch for the 22. Let's look at the 556. Uh, diameter is 2.15. So uh, you know it, it's it's pretty interesting. Let's look at the DB rating on the nine millimeter. Looking at D, DB rating of 120, which is it's competitive. It's very competitive. Yeah, it is. And, and for suppressor five ninety nine, that's actually a really good price. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, you got anything, Mike, that you have that you want to talk about? Any products? Anything that you've heard that's coming out, or anything that you're excited about? Well, I mean, there is the RDP, which is another Springfield. I don't know why they didn't just name it the RPD, because everyone would have bought it for the memes. Yep. But that's basically it's 
an improved Hellcat that has a self-whatever-adjusting compensator on the front with that hex red dot on it, which now looking at the width of that red dot, I'm wondering how wide that is on the Hellcat. Well, I wonder if that's actually on the Hellcat is the picture that they've got. No, because that's the XDM Elite. No, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm wondering how wide that'll be on a Hellcat because yeah, no I think shit, that's right? the same. Ho- I think that's the same optic. Yeah, but yeah. ironically, Springfield released the RPD RDP. I keep saying RPD. It's the RDP, the retarded stupid pistol. They released that right after Walther came out with the PDP, which is the performance duty pistol. So it's basically Springfield is like, oh, that's a cool fucking acronym. We need to make up our own so that way we can get all the typo traffic. And they came out with the RPD. RDP. But then the PDP is basically a new improved PPQ that has a fatter slide, stupid looking front serrations, and a full size and a compact size frame now, versus just a compact size that Walter calls their full size frame. Tell me how you really feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, all I'm saying is it looks like Walter took a play out of Beretta's playbook and tried doing something funky with the slide serrations. They don't look like they're that good. Yeah. And they with, they widen the pistol, which is something I don't understand. Everyone was raving about the Glock 48 because of how thin it was. So why would you take the PPQ, which had a thinner slide, and make it wider? Because it's flush with an RMR now. Oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Fucking Brits, man. <sighs> you mean, well, no, they're, they're Germans. They're Germans. Oh, you know what the fuck I mean. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's almost midnight here, so yeah. Well, anyway. I do got I got a I just got my Spyderco Para Three. It's my second Spyderco. My first one was a Tenacious. The Tenacious was great. I love the blade style. I ended up giving it to a friend. No, I gave it away on Facebook. I've been wanting a Tenacious paramilitary ever since i was debating between the two and the three got to play with the two and i gotta say para three even though it's a little bit of a shorter blade the enlarged spidey hole actually makes it a lot easier to flick open almost like you have uh thumb studs it's been fantastic and it looks like the release button is it's nice smooth man uh, like oh, just yeah. when you hit the release button the the thing just falls nice yeah and it's basically they're calling it a compression lock but it's just a reversed uh, liner lock. So that way oh, you I can like just that. push it on the side and the blade just drops close. That way your fingers aren't in the way. Nice. Yeah, it's actually really nice. And then you can sit here and just flick it open when you're bored. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I also have, I know I'm just extending this. I apologize. I <laughs> um, also got a Tenacore Sertum Curtum 3. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've seen it. I've seen him pronounce it. And I can't remember it. Holster. And. Instead of using a claw, like one of the ones that comes out on the side, this actually uses a camming bar. And I have the large one on it right now. I think I need to switch to the medium. But this is so much more comfortable than a regular Kydex holster that has that wing on the side, at least for me. Same. Like Especially I if you carry appendix. That. Yeah, which I do. And speaking of appendix, the Glock 45 carries so much better. You're welcome, than the my friend. 7. Yeah, You're thank welcome, you so friend. much, Nick. I love for, for people to know, I sold him my Glock 45, so... Yeah, because he knows I was trying to find one and I could not find the MOS for less than eight hundred fucking dollars. And Nick really came through and he helped me out, hooked me up with a G45 for a reasonable price, very reasonable price. And I had a 19X before this, and I just have to say, this feels a lot nicer than the 19X did. And I think it's just because it doesn't have that flare on the front of the grip, which yeah. is really weird. It just changes the entire feel of it in my hand. Gotcha. Hey, what's up? It's 616, shorty bad as fuck. We're a lipstick, but I'm on the road and I'm never.
Well, let's go ahead and start getting into the gun culture segment. And now this is something where I'm going to make fun of you before. And maybe if you see it on my uh, screen share, you can see. Uh, do you see Stallone there? Yeah, I see. I see Rocky. Does, does any of this ring a bell to you? No, none of it. God damn it, man. So the movie that we are talking about <laughs> is fucking Judge Dredd. Now, uh, I fucking love just kind of doom and gloom, apocalyptic type shit, anything. And then when you kind of throw in, uh, this is actually based on a graphic novel, Judge Dredd. And it is was turned into a movie in 95. Uh, it was re-released into another movie uh, with the boys guy. What's the name of that Australian guy that is played in the boys? You know the what boys. I'm talking about? No, I've never am- even heard of that movie. On Amazon Prime? No, I don't. I don't have Amazon Prime. God I'm a poor. Dang. I'm a fucking Fuck. poor. Okay, I'm sorry. God, you worked at an Amazon warehouse for what, like two months, and they couldn't hook you up? Dude, I will not look. If any of you are thinking about working at Amazon, just fucking don't do it. It is so fun. They literally, like, it's not a literal time bathroom break, but they time your bathroom break. And if you take a ten minute shit, you're getting called into the office to talk to your manager. Oh well, I would just tell them to uh, go lick up the toilet where I just took that shit because. Look, I'm pulling a play out of Rick and Morty's book, and I'm getting swifty. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna take off my pants and shit on the floor. You know the old. <laughs> The old saying, uh, boss man makes a dollar, I make a dime, that's why I co- uh, poop on company time. Yep. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was remade in 2012, and the uh, 2012 version is on Hulu. And I fuck, you know, I, first off, when I was a kid, I was eight when this came out. Were you, uh, a, I, did you have hair then? I did. You know, and I, I got to show you pit videos. Our pictures, man. Uh, be honest with you, I was on the uh, Spanish dance team uh, in high Ooh. school when I had a long, flowing blonde locks of hair. Uh, and I actually won some competitions, so you can suck it. I know with that judgmental look that you made when I said I was on the dance team. Oh, no, I did. I did uh, swing dancing competitions when I, I was in high school. I did that as well. Uh, I wasn't yeah. as good as that, but I was good with um, the merengue and the salsa. But anyway, so th- I was eight when this came out, and I, I thought this was badass because, you know, uh, that's when I was kind of watching uh, RoboCop 2 when I was go to the old movie gallery, Blockbuster, that kind of stuff, and rent movies. Uh, and this is just kind of cool, futuristic. There are some guns on here that are based off of real guns. Um, in case you don't know what Judge Dredd is, uh, it is, like I said, it's based off a graphic novel, uh, set in the future. Uh, there's atomic wars that occurred and much of the earth is a wasteland, but there are certain areas that are safe for people to live in. And basically everybody's huddled into these safe areas and they're called mega cities and they have abolished the criminal justice system that we know it. They have gotten rid of. Uh, your usual, you know, trials and all that kind of stuff. And law enforcement are basically judges now, and they can pass judgment to you right there uh, on the streets. And it is 
uh, a fucking badass graphic novel. I'm telling you, uh, I'm actually wanting to get a tattoo uh, from like the Judge Dredd com- uh, comic book now, just because now that Dredd is back on Hulu, uh, I've gotten some of the audiobooks and I've gotten some of the graphic novels and I've listened to them and read some and it's pretty badass. But let's start talking about the handguns that are in there. Uh, they have the Lawgiver 2, uh, which is built up on a Beretta 92 FS platform. So it's actually a Beretta 92 FS that you see under the Lawgiver 2. Which is, it has a 1911 trigger on it. Well, in you know, I'm sure that's probably uh, just the movie prop part of it. Uh, yeah. But you know, I'm not surprised that it's built up on a 92 FS just because, you know, built, you know, made in 95, the most common gun that you see out there. Yeah. Uh, you also have a, a six hour P228, which you see Rob Schneider get abducted in. You know, Rob Schneider's in this fucking movie, man. Look wow. at that. Look at fucking wrong, young ass Rob Schneider right there. Uh, he was abducted in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, you also had a EAA witness. Uh, again, some of the uh, street crime rioters in there. Uh, you also had a Smith and Wesson 5906, which, of course, Early 90s, you're going to see a lot of these kind of guns because yep. uh, they were pretty popular back then. Uh, fucking pop-up ad, damn it. Uh, you got a concealed badge gun, uh, which it's not really based off of anything. It's just kind of a futuristic gun uh, that uh, Stallone's twin brother, Rico Dredd, uh, you know, uses to escape from prison. You also have the AKMS. Uh, Survives apocalypses, of course. Of course, yes, absolutely. Uh, you have a security rifle, uh, which is just a, it looks like a built around a probably, I don't know, it says built around an AK type rifle, but you really can't tell. Uh, no. It's basically another, uh, you know, futuristic gun that the judges use. Uh, again, now this one, honestly, it says it's built around an AK type rifle, but I would honestly think that it's probably built around a G30. What is it? The G36, the futuristic HKs? Yeah. No, G11. 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 Yeah, that's that's that looks like what it's honestly built around. Uh, you also have Remington 870 uh, with the folding stock. Uh, that is built around the lawgiver pump that uh, Judge Dredd has when he's cast out into the cursed earth. And uh, you have uh, Geiger's Bazaar, which is, uh, you know, Rico goes to a pawn shop type deal to get some stuff. And you see a bunch of different AK rifles, a Luger P08, M1 Garand, uh, French Mott 49, British Vickers machine gun and M16 rifle. Uh, it's a cool shoot em up movie personally like i said i like the 2012 version uh but i decided to go with the original stallone in the gun culture segment uh but i know for sure that the newer dread movie is on hulu so if you are subscribed to hulu go check them out there uh and with that mike i appreciate you coming on with me tonight i am fucking going to bed hoss (laughs) (laughs) and uh hopefully we can make this a, a reoccurring thing man oh yeah definitely i do Look forward to seeing what your followers have to say about me possibly becoming a regular. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, you take it easy and have a good night, man. All right, you too. Later. Later.
I want to greatly appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Uh, again, really appreciate Mike having on. Let me know how you feel. Uh, if you feel like it'd be a good uh, you know, addition to the podcast uh, for the future, maybe become a permanent co-host. Uh, pretty excited about the possibility of that. Also, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. That way you can keep up with new episodes whenever they come out. If you can, leave us a review. is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platform. Also, go ahead and check out us on social media. Uh, we are on every social media platform uh, under the sun as 2A Lifestyle. Also, check out our website, uh, 2alifestyle.com. And also, go ahead and check us out on justpews.com. Uh, like I said earlier in the beginning of the show, we just started doing that. Uh, we have uh, some info over there, articles that I'm writing. It's going to be under Just Pews. Also, please check out our Patreon. It is the best way for you to support us. Everything that you guys give us, every red cent goes directly back into this show. Uh, you know, I stock it up for a little bit, make big purchases, uh, and then you know anything in between. Uh, like I, you know, on this new computer setup, I needed some some cords and shit. You know, use the the Patreon money for that. So, really appreciate you guys helping us out on that. And until then, I will see you guys in two weeks. And keep on enjoying the two A lifestyle. Let you have a problem, they won't even help you out Smiling in your face, you turn your back, they talk about you I've been abused by this cold, cold, cold Lord, I'm going, all I'm stacking all my Benjamins Swear to God that I can't wait to shit on all